0: You are listening to Episode 1 of Full Share, A Trader's Tale from the Golden Age of the Solar Clipper. Written and read by Nathan Lowell. Chapter 1. Dunsany Road System, 2352, April 23. All children except one grow up. Recent events had proven to me again that I wasn't that one. Not that I'd ever considered I might be. The other issue is that up isn't a destination the same way as grandmother's house is. It's not a condition you arrive at like growing bored or becoming hungry, but rather a process that ends, as the bard might say, gravely. I was reflecting on that idea while on the afternoon watch, and to be truthful, more than a little bitterly. The Lois McKendrick was three days out of port, clawing our way out of Dunsany's gravity well bound for Bettris. Our stay at the orbital had been so surreal and bizarre that I wondered idly if the air supply had been laced with aerosol hallucinogenics. The console jarred me out of my reverie by going into its automated system integrity check. The status message blinked running for less than a tick before changing to air systems nominal and under that water systems nominal. I acknowledged the message and went back to my funk. I had to admit to myself that the emotional orgy of the last week had been even more exhausting than the physical one, starting with my self-absorbed exercise in exhibitionism at Chaise henri running through the episode with second mate of the Duchamps, and ending with my pathetic moon-calf displays with three of my shipmates. The fact that they were, as Henri Roubaix had said, three of the most delightful and strikingly beautiful women on this end of the galaxy notwithstanding. I had the singular and distinct impression that whatever else might have happened "'I'd have been an idiot. "'Given my gender, male, and my age, eighteen stanniers, "'that should have come as no surprise.' "'I sighed. "'I'd hoped for better from me. "'Not that the stay hadn't had its plus signs as well. "'I think I helped the new mess-deck attendant, Sarah Krug, "'come to grips with the years of abuse she suffered on St. Cloud. "'She was shaping up to be a crackerjack cook "'and might very well be the best natural-born salesperson in the galaxy.' As she practiced a little south-coast shamanism on the side, well, we all have our individual faiths. Pip, that's Philip Carstairs, cargo genius, and I made a good profit on the last leg, and we had some interesting cargos for Betris. The McKendrick Mercantile Cooperative, a trading club for the crew, was going great guns. Last and perhaps oddest was the group of crew who were becoming known as the Co-Ed Crochet Team. They were spending their downtime on the voyage by crocheting goods to sell. I think they might have had the right idea. They bought yarns in one port, crocheted their goods in the deep dark, and sold them in the next port. They'd just been getting started going into Dunsany Roads and had been spectacularly successful. The chrono clicked over to 1600, and I realized I hadn't done my visual sight inspections on the various environmental sensors across the ship. I slaved my tablet to the watchstander station and pulled up the visual overlay. Hey B, I called the Specialist 1, Environmental, Brilliantine, Brill, Smith. I'm going on VSI now. She was in her office with the door open. Stay on the path, right if you get work, she called back. It was one of those silly ritual responses we'd fallen into. She just told me to keep to the prescribed sequence so that if something happened to me out there on the ship they'd be able to find me quickly, and to message back if I found something because she'd be there to answer. Hi, Chief, I replied. I couldn't help smile. She had that effect on me, among others. I sighed again. I headed out to check every environmental sensor package on the 216-meter-long ship. It was a good hike and helped break up the watches. The other effect is that it's hard to carry a good funk that far. It gets too heavy and begins to fall along the wayside in small pieces. By the time I got back, there wasn't a lot of the watch left, but I settled in with my Spec 2 environmental lessons and worked on another chunk of it. The test was in a few days, and if I passed, I'd be promoted to spec 3 environmental to finally fill the slot left when Gregor Avery went to take a new berth on the Audrey Moore back on St. Cloud. I had just enough time to run up a practice test, score, 96, yes, before Francis, that's spec 3 Francis Gartner, showed up to relieve me. Francis is a good guy. Tall, skinny drink of water. He had a Ph.D. in astrophysics, but worked as environmentalist just so he could get into space. I wondered at that now. For all that we were out in the deep dark, we saw precious little of it. Sometimes it seemed like we got on board. They sealed the locks, and while we sat there for some specified number of weeks, they just moved all new scenery. I suppose the bridge crew must see some of it. Hey, Francis, I greeted him as he stepped through the hatch, right on the dot of 1745. Hey, Ish, how goes? He asked with a smile. Francis and I had had our differences in the past, but I thought we'd had them ironed out. Enough wind through the sails and all that. "'Good. Looks like I'm ready to take the test,' I told him. "'Did you have a good time on Dunsany? We didn't see much of you.' He got a kind of silly smile on his face. "'Oh, yeah, very good.' He didn't elaborate, and I was beginning to smarten up enough not to ask. "'Are you ready for this?' I asked him, indicating the console. "'Let's do it,' he said. "'Mr. Gartner, all ops normal. No maintenance schedule to perform.ed You may take the watch.' I relieve you, Mr. Huang. I have the watch, he replied formally. That was it. I was off for the next twelve hours and free to sit in my bunk and stew all I wanted. Brill stepped out of her office then and smiled at us. Hi, guys, she said. Hi, B," Francis said. I just waved. You headed it up for dinner-ish, she asked. Yep. Want to join me? My treat. Cheapskate, she teased, and even Francis laughed. The thing to remember about Brill is that she's tall. Not like you think... Tall, like tall, but really tall, like two and a quarter meters tall, in a galaxy of people who seldom broke the two-meter threshold. She was also beautiful, and smart, and sexy. Brown eyes, a willowy build, and the fierceness of a Valkyrie when she got going. She was one of the three Roubaille had been referring to, and right now she was zipped into a ship suit like the rest of us, and she still looked good. Really good. Heart-achingly good. I sighed again. I seem to be doing that a lot lately. We waved to Francis, and I held the hatch for Brill, who ducked carefully through it. I suspected that being that tall on a ship had to be a headache, quite literally, although she never complained of it. She never complained of anything. You don't look good-ish, she said quietly, after the hatch closed. Oh, you know, I said, I'm still adjusting. That was a rough ride through Dunsany. I need to pace myself a little more when we get to Betris, I smiled. "'You need to do more than that,' she said seriously. "'Like what?' I asked. "'You need to figure out who you are. "'Then you need to go for it.' "'I know. I'm working on that,' I said. "'No, I don't think you are,' she said. "'You started on Dunsany with the clothes, "'but you need to keep going.' "'What are you talking about?' "'Look, you're young yet, and you've got time, "'but you can't waste it,' she said. "'Waste what?' "'Time-ish, time. "'Are you going to be like Francis and slop-sludge till you're fifty? "'She was serious.' She was right. <sighs> no, I said. She chuckled a little and gave my shoulder a squeeze. Let's go see what cookies got cooking. It smells like pot roast, she said. After dinner, I went to Engineering Birthing and lay down on my bunk. I intended to just let dinner settle a bit before I went for a run in a steam. I hadn't run in days. It probably wasn't helping my mood, but with a belly full of cookies' excellent food, I knew better than to get out on the track. My bunkies were gone, and I had the quad to myself. Mitch Fitzroy had the bunk below mine. He was a machinist in the propulsion section and a typical engine head. Sweet man, but he had oil in his veins. Spec 3 electrical Rebecca Salzman had the lower bunk on the other side. I liked her a lot. She was from one of the high-G worlds and had the genetic legacy to prove it. Mitch and I were in the same watch section, so he was probably out in the gym or perhaps still tanking up on dinner. He had a pretty healthy metabolism himself. As soon as I stretched out, though, I nodded off. I didn't even get a chance to pull my tablet out of its holster. I just crashed and died. I slept until the duty messenger woke me for watch. I wasn't even awake enough to catch who'd waken me. I woke up and realized I was still in yesterday's ship suit. Sighed again. Showering helped, and fresh clothes helped more. I went up to the mess deck and grabbed a coffee before heading down to relieve Diane. Spec 3, environmental, Diane Ardell, was a cute little thing, with elfin features and a wicked sense of humor. She had red hair and green eyes, and she was another of the three women who went with me to Roubaix's that day. She smiled broadly when she saw me come through the hatch. Hey, Esh. Hi, Diane, I replied with a groggy yawn. I can't seem to wake up this morning. When'd you go to bed, she asked. Early. I had dinner with Big B right after watch, and they went to lie down for a few minutes to let it settle, but I fell asleep until the messenger woke me for watch this morning. She looked at me hard. Are you okay-ish, she asked with concern. You've seemed a bit out of kilter ever since we got underway. Uh, Yeah, I'm okay, I told her. But I thought maybe I was lying. I just couldn't be sure. Everything seemed off somehow. Gray. Dull. I told myself it was just emotional whiplash from my stay in Dunsany. Just tired. I feel like we spent a month in port last week. We changed the watch and she stayed around for a few minutes, giving me the once-over with that I'm-not-sure-I-dare-leave-you-alone look my mother used to give me Brill seems to think I need to be considering my future, I shared, trying to distract her. What's that mean, she asked. Uh, It was something like needing to find out who I wanted to be and going for it. I needed to be more careful not to waste time, she shrugged. Well, it seems like good advice. How do you find out who you are, I asked. You are or you're not? She shrugged again. You've had a hell of a weekish, she said gently. That sounds like one of those questions you let puddle in the back of your brain for a while, and eventually they resolve into something. Thanks, Di, I told her. That actually helps. And it did. She waved and headed for the hatch. See you up at breakfast, she asked. Yeah, I said, I'll be up in a few ticks. I just want to check the logs and maintenance records. Okay, she said. We'll see you in a bit, then. I waved, and she left, and I settled down to check the logs and make a list of the tasks for the morning before getting some breakfast. My brain stepped back into the familiar script then, running through the overnight logs and checking the maintenance schedule for the next 24 stands. Today was one of my fast flip days, the name I'd given to the six on, six off part of the watch cycle, and at the end of a fast flip I had either a 12 or a 24 stand break. I'd just slept through my 12 and I had 18 stands before the 24. I made a note on my tablet to change the number two water intake filter on this watch and clean the number three scrubber field plates on the evening. I felt oddly detached, as if I were watching myself do these things from someplace outside. Like those cheesy holo-noir panning shots that show the character huddled over some task while the point of view spins around them. The effect always made me think of watching something in a microwave. Reflexively, I looked over my shoulder, remembering that those panning shots usually ended in something awful happening to that character. <laughs> I laughed too and at myself when I realized what I was doing. Yeah, Dunsany had been a strange port. Chapter 2 Dunsany Road System, 2352, April 23 After breakfast, I settled down to my tablet and study, but Brill's words kept coming back to me. Did I want to be slopping sludge at 50? Environmental was interesting in a way. It was certainly one of the critical functions of the ship, but I was suddenly aware that it was a job. Something I did in between the things I wanted to do, and not something I did because I loved doing it. The next question, of course, dropped my brain into Vaporlock. What did I love to do? A long time passed while I sat there with things flipping across my brain. At least two automated system integrity checks, we call them ASICs, came up while I was thinking. They were nominal, and I cleared them with as much automaticity as they'd come up. My problem was I didn't know. I was four when my mom took the job at the University of Nares. I'd spent almost my entire life on that company planet, living in the university enclave there with her. She was the ancient lit professor in the English department. That's where we'd been until mom was killed in a flitter crash, and I escaped deportation by signing on to the Lois McKendrick only a few weeks after my 18th birthday, and a month before I was supposed to start the university as a student. The problem was I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I'd only agreed to go to humor her. Of course, I knew I had to do something to make a living. Everybody did. It's just that I never seemed to find anything that seemed remotely appealing until I'd come aboard the Lois. I thought back to the days before St. Cloud, when I was still on the mess deck, working with Pip and Cookie. There was a satisfaction there in helping Cookie. He used to say to Pip and me, We run a restaurant, gentlemen, and even though the crew can't go anywhere else, they still deserve the best. While I was there, I studied all the divisional materials and qualified as half-share in all four. I laughed at myself when I remembered that I'd planned to collect the full set of full-share ratings because I'd been so worried I might be set ashore again. How much things had changed in just a bit more than seven months. When the chance came to move to Environmental in St. Cloud, I took it. The ship needed me, and I was happy to do it. The ship still needed me, but... And that was where I stalled. But what? What? On a whim, I pulled up the Able Spacer test. Sandy Belterson, Spec 2, Astrogation, now, although she'd been Spec 3 at the time, helped me study for an ordinary spacer exam. At the time, she'd tested me at the higher level, and I'd passed the higher-level practice test. Half a stand later, I finished that practice again and dumbly blinked at the score. Ninety-two. Eighty was passing. Brill came in then and found me staring into the void. you in there, Ish? she asked, looking concerned. I grinned. Yep. I said, and I began to think that perhaps I was. She smiled at me then and said, You look better this morning. What did you do last night? You disappeared after mess. I slept. Well, you must have needed it, she said, because you look better. She changed into boss mode and asked, Did you happen to run the maintenance schedule? What have you got for today? Yeah, I did. I've got a water filter this morning and a scrubber field plate tonight. Diane's slated for number two scrubber matrix. If you want, I'll come down after lunch and help with that. You don't mind? You've got the evening watch, too. "'Nah, you know how I love seeing her get all mucky and wet,' I said with a grin. "'Am I going to need to chaperone you, too?' she asked with a laugh. Eh, it'll be okay,' I told her. "'But after Dunsany, you may want to put a leash on Diane.' We both laughed at that, and I began to think it was going to be okay after all, although I choked a bit at the laugh when I got the visual image of a wet and slimy Diane wearing a collar and a leash. Brill choked a bit, too, and I could see the color rising above her collar. I wondered if she'd gotten the same image, but I didn't ask.' I was learning that there were some things I really didn't want to know. I think I'll go change that filter now, I said, and I need to study. Are you ready? she asked. Oh, I think so. I got a 96 on the practice test last night, I told her. She smiled. I'm so proud of you. That's not the easiest stuff in the world. Thanks, I told her, with a smile of my own. Sam, would you be upset if I went back to working on Full Share and the other ratings as well? Not at all, she said with a little frown. Is everything okay? I shrugged. Well, the comment yesterday about slopping sludge till I'm 50 kind of struck home. Well, I didn't mean that the way it sounded, Ish, she said. Look at me, I'm going to be 30 next month, and I'm probably going to be slopping until I'm 110 and they put me out to pasture, she said it with a grin. I laughed at the image, but said, yeah, but this is your love, this is what you like to do, the closed ecology work. Where else are you going to do it? Well, the station work, she said. What, and give up the glamour of being a spacer, I asked with a grin? Be up to your armpits in the glamour when you start working on that scrubber, she laughed. But you're right, it's still fascinating work. And have you come to any conclusions overnight, she asked, about who you are and what you want to be unless you grow up? I grinned at her, phrasing, nothing definite, but you were right last night, too. It's one thing to choose to slop sludge, it's another to do it by default. Yep, she agreed, that was exactly my point. So I started out to collect all four share ratings. Looks like I'll have one of them in a week or so, but just because I get my Spec 2 here doesn't mean I can't get Able Space or a or Messman. Theoretically, if I pass next week, I'll be qualified as Machinist, although God's help any division that puts me in power or propulsion watch, I joked. You'd be surprised how well you do, I think, she said. By all means, it's no problem with me if you want to go for the other ratings as well. What are you thinking? I don't know. I confessed I haven't gotten that far, but it just seems like one of those things I ought to do. I could probably get Able Space through this cycle along with the SPEC two. I just took a practice exam and got a score in the 90s. If I spent a couple of watches reviewing it, I could probably ace it. That wouldn't surprise me, she said. I've seen you study. So I don't know, I confessed. What happens after that? One step at a time. Having the ratings won't hurt, and I may get an opportunity down the line to find something that I like as much as you like environmental. I shrugged. It sounds nebulous, but it's something. Not bad for just sleeping on it, she said with a grin. Let me know if you have any other brainstorms. In the meantime, I'm going to go immerse myself in the glamour of the quarterly section reports. We'll have. I'm going to go swap out that water filter, too, get that out of the way, then maybe do the VSI a bit early and settle down for a study break before lunch. Sounds like a plan, she said. Headed into her office, I watched her go. Some things are just worth taking the time to appreciate. Watching Spec 1 environmental Brilliantine Smith walk away from you is one of them. She chuckled as she turned the corner into her office and saw me watching. Hey, they can't blame me for looking, can they? With a satisfied little sigh, I got on the blower to the bridge and got permission to swap out the number one water intake system for the half a stand it would take to change the filter. I collected the tool kit from a storage locker, snagged a clean filter from the parched storage, and got on with the morning already in progress. Watchstanding routine is like riding a merry-go-round. The repetition of the cycles day after day The similarity of activities as the other members of the crew fell into their own pattern provided a structure to the days underway that they just became one long blur. You regularly saw the people who were in your watch section, but the size of the crew was only really apparent on the mess deck where we were all gathered for meals on a cycle that wasn't set by the rotation of watches, but on a convention that went much deeper. Breaks in the routine are at once welcome and disturbing welcome because they provide a little much-needed variety in the routine, and disturbing because they forced you out of the zone where you could forget you were weeks from port on either end and stripped away the mental buffers that the routine of watchstanding erected over time. Quarterly ratings tests were one such break. Ten days out of Dunsany Road's orbital, I reported to the office to take my Spec 2 environmental rating test. I'd watch in the morning, but Mr. Von Nichols had told me there was no fixed schedule and gave me a test time in the afternoon so I could take it between morning and evening watches. He was very accommodating. I liked him a lot. He really seemed to care about the crew as much as Mr. Maxwell and the captain. I didn't get to see him much, except when I came to take exams, but he was always nice to me, and he was pretty easy to talk to. He wasn't quite as intimidating as Mr. Maxwell, nor as awe-inspiring as the captain. But still, there was something about him, some air that I couldn't put my finger on. I reported at the appointed time, and we got right down to it. Unlike the half-share exams I'd taken before, this test was a lot longer and used a lot of simulations besides the normal kinds of problems. After two solid stands, I put my stylus down and looked up at Mr. Von Nichols. When he didn't speak, I prompted him with, I'm done, sir. Yes, Mr. Huang, he said you are. I still can't get over the way you disappear into those tests. How do you think you did? I don't know, I laughed. I think I passed. I was pretty confident about the answers I picked, and I didn't skip any or run out of time. He turned the display so I could see the 98. A hundred is max, and just between you and me, that one item you missed, I thought you had the right answer on. I'm going to bump that back up to Confederation because I think the scoring key is wrong. He said it in a kind of disbelieving tone. Which one was that, I asked. The calculation on the amount of time it would take to bring the tank of water up to temperature so that it was viable for algal growth. I thought your calculations were right, but the answer key said no. Will it make a difference on my score, I asked. No, he said, but it might be the two points somebody else needs to pass. For you, the difference between 98 and a 100 is moot. You are now ranked spec 2 environmental, and I will so note on your jacket, he told me with a big smile. And to think I knew you win, he said. Thank you, sir, I said. He really was a nice guy. So, Mr. Huang, he asked, does this mean you're giving up your quest for full share ratings? You're going to specialize in environmental? No, sir, I told him with a grain. I'll be back tomorrow for Able Spacer. Tabby Rondita's taking it, too. Can you be here at 0900? "'Sure, we're on the same watch section. "'Excellent, then I'll see you tomorrow,' he said. "'As I started to leave, he stopped me and said, "'You know, this only goes into your jacket. "'It's up to the Captain, Mr. Kelly, and Miss Smith "'as to whether or not you get the Spec 3 berth. "'Oh, yes, sir, I'm aware of it.' "'Okay,' he told me, and he lowered his voice. "'Don't be too disappointed if they wait until Buttress to make it official.' "'I considered that for a heartbeat or two. "'I really had expected that once I passed the test "'I'd be able to get the promotion right away.' In the grand scheme of things, sar, all it means is a higher mass allotment, which doesn't do me any good out here in the deep dark, and about a hundred creds in my pay packet. I'll make more than that at the co-op, I think, I smiled. Thanks for the heads up, though, sar. It'll it'll be fine. Very good, Mr. Wong, he said with a warm smile. Are you really doing that well, trading? Oh, yes, sir. Pip and I have been very lucky. Since Darbot, we've made something over eight kilocreds from private trading, sar. He blinked at me several times as he processed that. You mean eight hundred creds, right? He asked. No, sir. Eight kilocreds. Eight thousand. Something on the order of eight thousand between the two of us. We're splitting that, of course. It's not eight each. He barked a laugh. You're not kidding, are you? His response puzzled me. No, sir. Why would it? Well, that's at least five times more than your salary and share for the same leg. More like eight, sir. Yes. Why? He just laughed. You're making more money than I am. Well, sir, have you considered joining the co-op? I asked him with a grin. Co-op took in 400 credits at Dunsany alone. Of course, they'll split that with the booth managers, but we've started out well. And you organized this thing, didn't you, he said. I shrugged. Well, kinda. I came up with the idea. Pip thought it sounded like a good one, and we found others in the crew to help out. Pip's really run most of the meetings with the steering committee. I've helped where I could. He looked at me hard for about five heartbeats. Mr. Huang, have you ever considered the academy? The question took me sideways for a moment because all my life the Academy meant something different. "'You mean the Officer Academy, sir?' I asked him. "'Yes, Mr. Huang, the Confederation Merchant Officer Academy at Port Newmar.' "'Have I ever considered it what, sir?' I asked. "'You mean going there?' He chuckled. "'I should know better than to ask you stuff like this right after a test, but yes, Mr. Huang, going there.' "'No, sir. I don't know anything about it, other than it's where you learn to be an officer.' Consider it, Mr. Huang, he said with a smile. That's an order. Thanks for listening to Full Share, a trader's tale from the golden age of the solar clipper. Music is from the fox hunters, an Irish slip jig, originally recorded in 1984 by James Curran and available on the Internet Archive at www.archive.org. This has been a presentation from Durandis, offered under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 2.5 License. For a website and more information on the Golden Age, visit www.durandis.org golden.